The Lord be with you. Will you please join me in this morning's call to worship? You will see your responses printed in your bulletin. If you are joining us online this morning, your responses will be on the screen. Arise, shine, your light has come. The light of Christ is shining for us. Arise, shine, Jesus, you are the light of the world. Arise, shine, I will shine my love for you. Amen, and welcome to worship, my friends. Welcome to each and every one of you, whether you are physically here in our sanctuary with us this morning, or if you are joining us online. What a privilege it is that we get together in so many ways to give God thanks for all the many wonderful blessings that he bestows on each and every one of us. I welcome you here to what we have uh, a tradition here at Rosedale called Star Sunday. And this has been happening for many, many years. And if you are joining us for the first time, you'll start to figure it out as the worship goes on. But what it is, is we celebrate Epiphany Sunday, when the wise men finally, after their long journey, were able to come to the manger and meet the, uh, Jesus for the very first time. And we recognize their travel and their perseverance in searching for God. So that is what we are celebrating today. Again, if you are worshiping with us online, I'm sure you are wondering how in the world are you going to get your stars. But we have got you covered. At the appropriate time in worship, those who are monitoring our chat will put up a website for you to click on, and then you'll just follow the instructions from there. If you wish to have a hard copy of your star sent to you, just let the office know what your word is, and we will drop one in the mail to you. Everyone else here, you'll be getting your star word later, and we look forward to that celebration. Real quick, I have a few items I would like to share with everybody. We do have our next gathering of our White Fragility book study, which is coming up on January 28th. If anyone cares to join in, we will be meeting on Zoom. And we are heading into the fourth chapter, so even if you haven't been with us yet, you don't have a lot of catch-up to do, and we would love to have you. I do have a couple copies hanging out in my office, if anyone here today would like to pick those up. Also, we have a brand new Facebook group called Faith and Fitness with Dave. Sergeant Major Dave Laycock is our resident fitness guru, and we thought it's a perfect time of year for people to come together and uh, get healthy physically and spiritually with one another. Also, we have our daily devotionals are available for your pickup as well. And there are a couple other items that you can take a look at in your bulletin, or you can also browse around our website for other events and things going on here in the life of Rosedale. Just a few quick updates on some members for you. This past week, Jerry Gibbons had one of uh, two surgeries, and he'll be coming home earlier this week to uh, begin his recovery at home. Prayers are definitely needed. And then Joyce Jewell has been in declining health for a little bit of time, and her uh, daughter Jane, uh, Jane called to let us know. And unfortunately, she's also been exposed to COVID, 
so she is being quarantined from her daughter at this time so we will keep Joyce and Jane and the entire family in our prayers and we also learned this week that Carol Cockrell the sister-in-law of Carolyn Bogansky and the aunt of Kim Lubig passed away so we are going to keep the Bogansky and Lubig families in our prayers and we also have an extended list of family and friends who are in need of prayer. And if you are here in worship, you'll find that list in your bulletin. So please be sure to be praying for all of those on that list in the coming week. And then our four families of the week. This week, we will be praying for the Flowers, the Lovaz, the Michelle, and the Stage families. So my friends, let us continue our worship of God. Running late for curfew? What are you doing? I'm making a late night sandwich like your grandma doesn't like me to. <laughs> your secret's safe with me. Mm-hmm. Same. So how was your party? Lame. I don't get what's so special about New Year's. Oh, what's special about New Year's? Yeah, I mean, you stay up late, everyone says, Happy New Year, and then a ball drops. Let me tell you something. I remember a year, uh, you were just born. It was a very difficult year. You may not believe this, but there was no toilet paper to be found anywhere. Gross. Well, that wasn't even the half of it. People couldn't shake hands, they couldn't hug. You didn't want to leave your house or you're afraid you might get sick. And masks, everyone was wearing masks everywhere. You couldn't tell if somebody was smiling or frowning. That sounds weird. You couldn't go visit with family, not even at the, the holidays, you know? Then what happened? Well, that's the best part. Then God got us through it, just like he always does. That's why I like new. See, God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. New, my dear, gives us a, a different perspective on things. Like on toilet paper, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just because it's new doesn't mean it's gonna be good. You're right, you're right. That is why we hold on to the words of Jesus who said, uh, in this world you will have troubles, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That, boop, is why we celebrate new. Grandpa, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Do you want to hate for turkey?
Please join me in the call to confession as printed in your bulletin. If you are joining us online, the words will be on the screen. No matter where we have been or where we are going, no matter what we have done, Jesus' love casts out fear. 
Let us pray together. Eternal God, on this day of light, we reflect on how your grace and love shine even into our darkness. Forgive us for our sins, we pray. Release us from our old fears and help us to seek your light in our daily living. We give you thanks for your gifts of hope, peace, love, and life. Guide us in your truth as we trust you at your word and believe that all things are possible with you. In this new year, we boldly ask you to do a new thing in us. Amen. To all who confess their sins and resolve to lead a new life, Jesus says, you are forgiven. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. and girls. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago we celebrated a very special day? Do you remember what that day was? It was Christmas. That's right. We celebrated the birth of baby Jesus. Now do you remember the part of the story when the three wise men followed a bright and shiny Star! That's right! They followed the bright and shiny star and it led them to Bethlehem. It led them to baby Jesus. Well, here at church, we are celebrating a new season. We are in the season of Epiphany. Can you say that word? Epiphany. That's right. Now, this is the season when we read stories from the Bible and we think about Jesus and we think about that light that he brings into the world. You know, I believe that God sends us star-like people to be in our lives to help us learn more about Jesus. These are people who care about us very, very much and people who show us how to love others better. These stars in our lives are people who lead us to Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we too can become stars. We can be a light in the life of someone else. Today at church, it's a special Sunday. We are celebrating Star Sunday. Now everyone will receive a special star just like this one. And this star will remind us about God's greatest gift, Jesus. It's Jesus who brings the light into our lives. You know, our stars can shine brightly so that we can become a light for other people. 
Now these stars are not only special because they look like this and they remind us of Jesus. Our stars will have a special word written on them. Now this special word will become your word for the new year. I want you to really think about your new word. What does that word mean to you? How will your word lead you to Jesus? Will your word help you help somebody else find Jesus? I wonder what your word will be this year. I wonder what my word will be this year. It's so exciting. Let's pray together, boys and girls. Dear Jesus, you were born to show us the way of love. We thank you for the lights of the stars in the sky and for the light of the people who are stars for us, people who lead us to you. We especially thank you, Jesus, for being the brightest star and for shining your light into our lives. Amen. Okay, boys and girls, I hope that you Hold your star close to your heart. I hope that you learn your star word and you use it to become a light for the people around you to help them find their way to Jesus. Have a great day, everyone. Hear the good news. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing is impossible with God. As we prepare for our receiving of the stars, the moment you've all been waiting for. Oh wait, that's my sermon, right? <laughs> One can dream. As we now prepare to receive our stars, what an amazing thing it is that this is a tradition that began years ago, I think 23 years ago. I'm trying to keep track. It started long before I arrived. But how interesting it is when we're used to receiving gifts at Christmas and then we come to church weeks after Christmas and to find that Jesus has given us yet another gift, the gift of a star, the gift of a word. And this word that we have been given is not to be taken lightly. You don't just receive the star and get your word and say, all right, I'm done, I've got my star. There's actually a sheet in your bulletin where you can actually insert the word that you receive and there's a prayer that you pray with your word. It actually helps us discover our meaning. It asks you to look up your word in the dictionary and not to just forget about it after the month is done, but to keep looking for ways in which that word's meaning may change for you. What will your word be? Will it be a quality you already have? Will it be a quality that you feel called to work on? Will it be like a gift that you can give to others around you? 
And make sure you keep it in a place where you can always see it so that you share it. Maybe you want to hang it on your bedroom mirror or put it up on your fridge or stick it in your Bible or put it in a place where that you can see it wherever that place is. You know, receive your gift of epiphany, which is your star word, and may your response to the word that you receive be your gift back to God. So there are two ways you're going to receive your stars today. If you are in person, members of our staff are going to have baskets, and they're going to actually come to you, and you can reach in and grab your stars. We cannot pass the plates right now. If you are online, make sure that you know that in just a minute or two, you are going to see on your screens a wheel with the stars, and it's going to be amazing. And so we ask now that as we prepare to receive our stars, as we hear Sandy play a beautiful offering, we give God thanks for all it will mean to our lives.
think it's more fun watching people's reactions, Art Cole, than uh, actually like receiving my own star. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. All right, my friends, I would like to have you join me in the prayer of acceptance that is printed in your bulletin. You will also, if you are joining with us online, your words will be on the screen. But let's go ahead and hold those stars up nice and high. These words that God has given us. And let us pray. Creator of light, today is in every day of our lives. We have received a gift from you. Perhaps our star word represents a quality of life or a spiritual value. We acknowledge that we do not yet fully understand this gift, but we receive it with thanksgiving. We pray that through these next 12 months, your spirit will enable us to make this gift our very own. In Christ's name, we give our grateful praise. Amen. What's my word? That's the thing people do, right? Ask God for a word for the year ahead. It gives you a goal, a plan for your heart, a way to walk when the world crumbles around you. Lord, this year I need a word to help me focus on the right things, the eternal things. This is my year of waking up to what matters. What has always mattered. I need a word as I walk out of the ashes and into the sunlight. A word of hope. That one word that I'll feel deep in my heart. I pray, Lord, you would give me a word. Your, Your word. The living and active word. The one that is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word that lights my path. My teacher. My truth. My shield. Because of your word, God. My word has promise and meaning. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of God stands forever. Forever. Thank you, God. That your word can be my word. All year long. Amen. Amen. Friends, let us now turn to God in prayer. Holy God, like the wise travelers coming from far away, we would see that guiding star. We would follow them while they follow its light to the manger. There lies Jesus, whom you appointed as bearer of your compassion and redeemer of us all. May the brightness of your sun illumine our path of discipleship. God of the winter sky, place a star on our horizon, for we need to lift our tired and weary souls from the multitude of tasks and lists. Raise us to glimpse your wonder, to be struck in awe, and to marvel at your love. May your word made flesh guide us through all the dark stretches of our lives. Teach us to trust in your presence. In these days of continued acts of violence against people groups and against our own country, of terrorism and hate that seems to know no defeat, we ask of you now, holy God, to let your kingdom reign and let your justice, mercy, and peace prevail. We continue to pray for all of those in power in our country, our governmental officials and leaders. May peace and understanding be their banner and their rally cry. May your wisdom and understanding guide all of their thoughts and decisions. 
awesome God and giver of love, we ask where to find you and you show us Jesus. We ask who Jesus came to save and you show us our own reflection. We ask how we are to live and you show us the manger, cross, and empty tomb. Jesus, Emmanuel, be with all those on our minds and in our hearts this day. Be with Joyce and Jerry in their hours of healing. Comfort the Bogansky and Lubig families as they grieve. And we give you thanks for the Flowers, Lovaz, Michelle, and Stage families. Wonderful God, you call us to do the impossible, to love our neighbors, to confront injustice, to share bountifully with the poor. You do not give us an inch. You call us to be perfect in our imitation of you. And yet, you give us everything. Love abounding, the foundation of Christ, and the gift of creation. Bless us, therefore, as we seek to do the impossible. Give us the blessing of a faithful spirit, a willing heart, and a kingdom of grace. All of this and so much more, we pray in the name of your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our next scripture verse comes from Philippians 4.13. This too is written in your bulletin. It will be on your screen. So let us all say this verse together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. My friends, we have come to that time in our worship service where we give back a portion to God, a gifts, gifts of our lives and our labors. God has called us to be a blessing, and one of the ways in which we can do that is to bless others with those treasures that he has given us. Please know that if you give to Rosedale, your money will be used to take care of the least of these, to help with our hunger ministries, our food and gas card ministries, our military outreach, and a variety of other things. And there are a variety of ways to give. We do have collection boxes in our narthex. You can drop something in there on your way out if you are here. We also have online giving. And we are grateful for the ways in which this community continues to support others. So let us now receive this morning's offering.
Now we're ready. Let us pray. God of love, help us to be as persistent in our dedication to you as the wise men who sought out the Christ child. Jesus, bowing our heads in reverence before you as they once did, we too offer our lives as expressions of our gratitude. For the life you have given us and for the privilege of serving you, instill in us the truth that all things are possible with you every day of this new year. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you this day. In your name we pray. Amen. The sermon title today is Jesus is releasing the power of his possible in you. So I'm going to start out the sermon by saying it like a statement. Jesus is releasing the power of his possible in you. And by sermon's end, we're not only going to proclaim it, we're going to receive it. All things are possible for those who believe in me, said Jesus. So I'm going to let the story of our scripture passage unfold as we look at it together. Listen closely for the word of the Lord for you. And when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. So who are those teachers of the law? They are the religious church leaders of the day. And as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and they ran. They ran to greet him. So they'd heard about Jesus and here he was walking right into their midst and they had hope. They had heard of the things that he had done and said and his teachings and his miracles. He had heard that he could feed people, that he could bring light to the day's darkness, that he spoke to not only crowds but individuals. And it says they were overwhelmed with wonder. I believe they were overwhelmed with hope as well because here it came right to them. What are you arguing with them about? Jesus asked. So what's going on here? Asked Jesus. Do you think that Jesus didn't know what was going on? Of course he did. Jesus liked to ask questions a lot, perhaps to make us reflect a little bit more about what is happening around us and inside of us. What are you arguing with them about, he asked, and a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. 
Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. Let's stop there for a second. So here a man, not one of the disciples, but a man in the crowd addresses Jesus as teacher. Do you remember that time he was with his disciples and he said, who do people say that I am? Some say teacher, some say rabbi, some say one of the prophets brought back to us. And Jesus said, I am the son of God. But this man has only heard about him. And here comes Jesus and he addresses him as teacher. I brought you my son. So basically he brings his son first to the group of the, of the disciples that are already there. So he's looking at Jesus and saying, so some of your disciples are here and I came and I brought my son to them and look at what has become of my son and what he describes. I'm sure you're imagining all those things that he may be. Right, maybe you're thinking about grand mal seizures or epilepsy, and it says demons. And so whatever is happening with that boy, it is dramatic. All these things are playing out in front of the disciples. They're seeing all of it. And it's as if whatever is happening inside of him, it is actually mauling him. It is taking over his life. He's foaming at the mouth. He's gnashing his teeth. It's taken their lives over. And so here this father comes in desperation to the first group of disciples. And then he says, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. But two chapters ago, they did. Jesus gave them the power to cast out demons, and they did it. So if they could do it then, why can't they do it now? We wonder. And look at Jesus' response. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Ouch. I'm glad I'm not one of those disciples. Pretty stern. You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I stay with you? Providing us the gift of the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our comforter. God in us, the breath of life, we know that Jesus is never going to leave. Physically, in body, he won't be with the disciples soon enough, but Jesus promises to always be with them and to always be with us. And so I wonder if in their prayers to release this demon, I wondered if they thought, when looking at this boy, it seemed impossible. And I'm wondering if, like us, face against impossible situations, I wonder if their prayer 
as they were trying to cast out the demons, I wonder if that voice of, oh boy, this looks really impossible. You know, this is really a job for Jesus, not me. And I wonder if they didn't quite then, right there, have their prayer be for all things possible and all things healing and all things that would have this boy kind of come back to life. Because it wasn't about them, right? They were just the instruments of the power of Jesus, the power of God. I just know in my own life, sometimes when faced with what looks like impossible or what the world tells us is impossible, sometimes I listen a little too much and I wonder if I'm robbing Jesus the chance to release his possible in me. So they bring the boy to Jesus, right? The disciples now and the father are working together and they bring the boy to Jesus like he asked them to. And when the spirit saw Jesus, this unclean demon saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions and he fell to the ground and he rolled around foaming at the mouth. So even at the sight of Jesus, this reaction happens. What's happening is the spirit is actually trying to kill the boy. Right? It's trying to kill the boy. What would that have looked like to the man, the father, if the teacher that he brought him to now, the second try, and the boy would have died? And yet Jesus, you know, he has this way of making death work backwards. Even crosses can't keep him from resurrection. And so here it is. Before he heals, now remember now, this boy is now convulsing. It's getting more and more aggressive, what's inside of him. And Jesus doesn't like run up and immediately heal him. He stops and he looks to the boy's father and he asks a question. You're like, come on, Jesus, ask the question after. But he's got to ask the question first. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long? Has he been like this again? Doesn't Jesus know the answer? Why would he stop to ask the question? He stops to ask the question because he wants to give this father an opportunity to tell the story. He wants to listen. He wants to hear the story of what it has been like to raise this boy and to stop at nothing, to find release for what has bound him, he listens. And in that opportunity, he allows that father to just get it all out. All the pain and all the worry and all the tries that didn't work to get to this place. And the father says, from childhood, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Imagine always looking after a son who was suffering. The boy or the father says, if you can do anything, 
take pity on us and help us. That's one of those middle of the night prayers, right? Where we're desperate and we give God everything in prayer and we say, please, God, please, if you can do anything, help me, help me. And Jesus' response in verse 23, if you can, really? If you can? Now, we're just coming off of the Capitol event. Right now, we're living in a culture of extreme negativity. Right now, when we look at situations, we might see them not through rose-colored glasses, not through the lens of faith, but through the lens of what's impossible. And so don't mistake Jesus' response here and assume that it's negative. When you go back to the original language, it tells us in that little question where he says, if you can, it was like, oh my, hang on to your hat. Hang on, because you're exactly where you need to be right now here with me. Amazing. And Jesus backs it up and says, all things are possible for those who believe. And then the man answers Jesus' question and he says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus does. And the boy is healed. How interesting that the story focuses on the father when yet it looks like from the outside of the crowd, crowd, all the focus is on the son. On Epiphany Sunday, Jesus invites us to receive the power of his possible, of his vision, of his dreams, to not assume that everything is negative in a culture that is constantly feeding us fear and worry and anxiety as we still continue to live in this pandemic. Jesus invites us, encourages us, and loves into us the possible. You're right, we can't do it alone. We can't, which is why we need Jesus, which is why we belong to this church the community of faith. And when we have our days where we're actually standing and perhaps standing in a puddle of tears, we know that God's tears mingles with ours. And when we don't have the words to pray, we're a part of a faith community that prays for us and with us. When we follow Jesus, there is no possibility that is too imaginative, too daring, too audacious, too extravagant. You see, hanging on to that is what will see us through. So last Wednesday, when we were standing and watching our televisions, our screens, and we were wondering, oh my goodness, what is happening in this world with this Capitol building? And we were in shock. And then there was violence. 
almost terrorism. People in the United States hurting other people. People with an intention to go in and to hurt and to overtake. People who afterwards said they didn't feel bad about anything on the day that the fifth person died. And how easy would it be to stand from out here and to judge? Shame on them. To condemn, to condemn political parties, politicians, to condemn those. It's so easy, right? It's so natural to judge. And yet, what does Jesus say about judging? Log. Speck, while you're pointing out the speck in someone else, you should look at the log in your own eye. What would Jesus do is still the question. Perhaps what would Jesus have me do? And as people reached out, they would text me or call me and say, give me a scripture. Help me hang on to a scripture. And that's where the idea came to add those scripture passage for you throughout the bulletin today, those passages of hope. Now, I believe when I read in scripture that Jesus cried for Jerusalem. I believe that Jesus was crying on Wednesday. And I believe that we are still in a period of grief over what happened because we thought it was impossible for something like that to happen. And then the question becomes, well, what do we do about it, right? We're disciples of Jesus Christ. What is our response? And our response is to love and to still walk with Jesus. Our response is to pray for everyone involved, not just some of the people, but all the people. And I know how hard that is. I also thought about what it means to have hope in Jesus. So much of what we're seeing on the news, people feel lost. Sometimes we feel lost. What do we do? How do we meet violence? We meet it with the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. That's what we're to do. That's the Jesus. Son of God, our Savior, who calls us to open ourselves so he can release his possibility in us when others stand and look at the scene of Wednesday and go, that's just too big. I can't do anything about that. But you can. I've heard that another way to look at the Oval Office is to actually stand and make a circle around yourself. And you begin there. Whoever you allow into this circle, you begin to be disciples 
with them. You begin to be light, because Jesus calls us to be light. You begin not only to share love, but to be love, not only to be peacemakers, but to be and have that peace within you because it's there. And to know that Jesus is still, even in 2021, even in a pandemic, even in the wake of Wednesday, is still making all things new because he is in us. In 2015, we became a new identity. We became the RGPC Mission Station. And when we got to thinking about what that would look like, I can tell you what my vision was, and it was this big mustard seed vision. And I remember saying just the line, we're going to be the mission station, and we're going to swing the doors so that everybody can come in and everybody could go out. And yesterday at a leadership retreat with our elders and deacons, we talked about the power that we have now through social media, through our online church community. There are no walls. There almost aren't any doors, right? I mean, Jesus walked and he taught and then Paul got in a boat and he went everywhere. And now look at us. Today, we have friends in Italy that are worshiping with us. Amazing. I know I didn't see that in 2015. I didn't know, but Jesus knew because I would have thought it was impossible and now it is possible. Now, how do we know that it's working? How do we know that it's working? I asked permission today, and when I came into worship, I had my phone so that I could get permission from Lindsay Peterson, who made a post six days ago that just, wow. And here's what the post said. It had a little tag in it, a foreword that says, God, I have no idea where you are taking me, but I trust in you. And then she wrote this note. Hey guys, meaning the world out there, I know I might lose some friends after this post and that's okay, but I wanted to let you guys know that I have found Christ and I'm so in love with his words, I will always post about him. I have not been this happy in a long, long time. I love you, Jesus, with all my heart and soul. So I didn't know, the staff didn't know, the leaders didn't know in 2015 what it would mean to be a mission station in 2021 in the midst of a global pandemic, but Jesus knew. We didn't know before COVID hit that we would have this video production ministry, that we would be able to take the promises of Jesus and all that he brings and take it out literally to the world. We didn't know last February that we would now have a prayer trail ministry, that people could go outside and we have two of them and you can take your phone and as you come on these trails to different markings, you'll stop and you'll see something and a prayer will be there for you to pray, a question, a reflection, 
We didn't know that we'd be feeding people before COVID hit. We didn't. Never was it in anyone's wildest imagination that we should add a deacon's food cupboard that would be right out on the street so anyone day or night can just come and take food that they need. We didn't know that, but Jesus knew that because Jesus takes the impossible and makes it possible. Jesus says on this Epiphany Sunday, you are the light of the world plugged into him, connected to him. May we become light and may our vision for who we are today launch into who we will be tomorrow. I leave you with the story I told our officers yesterday. Disney, Walt Disney, Five years before Disney opened in Florida, Walt Disney had a vision for what that would look like and be like. And on the day where they opened the doors, right, to Disney in Florida, one of the key leaders looks at someone else and goes, oh my, it's so sad that Walt Disney didn't get to see this today. And you know what the response was? Well, if Walt Disney didn't see it, we wouldn't be here today. Let us pray to Jesus to open ourselves wide, to receive all things possible so that we too can look forward to the future. And in another five years, in another 10 years, we can be at that moment and say, we didn't know what would happen in 2021, but look, how Jesus was moving among us. Matthew 28, our charge. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go therefore preaching the good news, baptizing, telling people about me, and remember my promise. I will be with you always to the close of the age. Jesus. Release the power of your possible in us this day. Amen.
presence from the shadows into your radiance by the blood I may enter your brightness search me try me consume all my darkness Shine, Jesus, shine, fill this land with the Father's glory, place, spirit, place, set our hearts on fire, place, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy, send forth your word, Lord, and let charge. Joshua 1.9. Be bold, be courageous, be in the world. Know that you are courageous and strong. Hold fast to that. Please, Lord God, be with us this day that we would be your disciples that we would be in the world, but not of the world, and that we would go with your love that knows no bounds. Be strong and courageous, my friends, my partners in ministry and children of God. Today, Jesus is with us, upholding us with his strong, mighty hand. Go knowing you are blessed and receive his love this day. God be with you. <laughs> 